the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. And now back to Lifeline with Craig Roberts. Parents struggle with well, several sets of questions when the kids reach that inquisitive age. Uh, certainly, I think most parents shudder at the notion of having to have the talk. You know the one I'm referring to, the birds and the bees talk. And um, largely feel that they are um, wholly unprepared to answer many of the questions that the kiddies will offer up. And, of course, it becomes challenging and problematic. We can't rely on the public school system to provide our kids with sex education. And um, and if they learn it from their peers, uh, it's going to form some very unhealthy relationships and very um, unhealthy lifestyles, potentially. Along with that, I think for Christian parents, there also can be that equal sense of being wholly unprepared to answer many of the questions that our kids pose as they are exploring the claims of Christ and their faith. It is more than just simply saying, because the Bible said so, and, you know, sort of taking the God said it, I believe it, that settles it approach. Um, The kids want real answers to have a real faith. God has no stepchildren. We understand that. But how can you be best prepared to answer some of the toughest questions that your kids may pose regarding their faith and Christianity? Well, Dr. Alex McFarland joins us. He is the author of a number of best-selling books on a variety of topics. He also serves as a radio talk show host. He is Director of Christian Worldview and Apologetics at North Greenville University in Greenville, South Carolina. And in addition to all of the wonderful books that he has written, the latest one is one that you will want to have handy on your top shelf. It's called simply, 21 Toughest Questions Your Kids Will Ask About Christianity. And Dr. McFarland, always a delight and an education to have you join us. Well, thank you so much, Craig. It really is a thrill to be on with you. I'm deeply grateful. Is this a parallel that I draw between uh, sometimes the awkwardness that parents feel in answering questions regarding sexuality, the birds and the bees, equally up there with questions regarding faith? I mean, when when your kid comes to you straight-faced and says, Daddy or Mommy, why does God allow suffering? Boy, you know, we we tend to kind of come with the platitudes, but we don't always have the strong theological response that the kids really need, do we? Yeah, I think that's a great parallel that you draw. Um, Moms and dads get nervous about having the talk, you know, regarding sexuality, and I think they procrastinate and, and sometimes push away opportunities to talk about deep spiritual matters as well. And, you know, for a lot of reasons, not only culturally but scripturally, uh, moms and dads need to be able to help their kids process the the questions about God and Christianity and spiritual growth that uh, are natural, that that kids will ask. You know, we're, we're inquisitive creatures, and we're spiritually inquisitive as well. And sometimes mom and dad uh, avoid those types of questions or they'll they'll reprimand their kids and say you know you shouldn't ask things like that 
maybe because they themselves don't really know a good, solid answer. So the book is designed to equip moms and dads. It's a fun book. I mean, there's, there's questions kids ask me that were funny, poignant, touching, probing. Uh, and so there are many questions from interviews that we did with about 111 children. I'm curious if there is a degree to this in which parents are sometimes awkward or reluctant um, or feel chagrined at answering questions because their own base knowledge is a bit lacking. And I pose that question because there are parents that I know that have, uh, on the topic of the birds and the bees, kind of taken the, you know... with sexuality as complicated as it is these days, I don't know. I was raised in the 50s. Things have changed so much. I, I'm just maybe more content to allow the kids, their smart kids, to go out and explore and find the answers on their own. Is, is that approach dangerous, particularly when it comes to spiritual matters? Well, it is, Craig, because for one thing, it, it's communicating a message to your children that these things just really aren't that important. I mean, you know, if, if they really were that significant, you know, mom and dad would have taken the time to carve out an answer or to, you know, get a handle on, on a good perspective. But, um, you know, really Christianity uh, is a, it's a faith system that has good answers to the questions. Uh, we have good evidence for the claims of Christ. But Christianity is a, a, a relationship-driven uh, faith, uh, not only our relationship with the Lord Jesus, but um, passing it on, evangelism and discipleship and the spiritual mentoring of children, it's, it's, I guess for lack of a better word, I would call it life-on-life transference. And who better to inform the spiritual perspective of children, who better to do that than mom and dad? But, you know, the old thing, you can't give away what you don't have. Uh, If there's going to be transference and life-on-life, you know, discipleship, mom and dad have to have a a robust faith of their own. And so we talk about that in the book, that, um, you know, the opportunity to answer your kids' questions, you know, might be really a a reminder to drill down deeply uh, in your own life, mom and dad. And and obviously, you know, sometimes the inclination toward um, being dismissive, um, minimizing the importance of what might seemingly be a benign question to you, that in fact is a deep searching, probative question for a young person who, yes, maybe raised in church and you had a family altar in the evenings, you know, uh, many families that will spend uh, moments in the Bible every night together, things of this sort, particularly when the kids are younger. And you thought you've done everything that you can do to help establish a firm foundation in their faith. And in fact, they've just been kind of going through the paces or the motions and are now beginning to ask the tough questions that at some point in life all of us ask of what God, who God, where God, why God, uh, what of sin, what of salvation, what of my relationship to God, who is Jesus Christ, things of this sort. Our children deserve these answers because God, as we say, has no stepchildren, and they will not, uh, uh, these kids cannot uh, vicariously live out their relationship of, uh, with Christ through you. So how can we be best prepared to answer some of the toughest questions that your kids may ask regarding Christianity? Dr. Alex McFarland is with us tonight to help illuminate on all these matters. We'll come back to more of our conversation as Lifeline continues here on KFAX. 
And now back to Lifeline with Craig Roberts. Ah, yes, indeed. And back to the conversation tonight. Dr. Alex McFarland is with us. You know him as the author of a number of New York Times bestselling books, including 10 Answers for Skeptics, uh, Core Truths You Must Know for an Unshakable Faith, uh, 10 Common Questions or Objections, rather, to Christianity, and now his latest book, The 21 Toughest Questions Your Kids Will Ask About Christianity. Let's get to your calls. We're going to lead off first for Dr. McFarland in Sonoma. Aaron, come on in with your comment or question for Dr. Alex McFarland. Hi there. Certainly, I've been a parent for seven years now. We've got little ones, and our faith, my husband and I, has really you know strengthened and solidified in so many ways, and we're just on our own journey, and with our kids, it's a beautiful thing, and I, I feel really blessed and, and really grateful, but the most challenging part of parenthood for me that I would love to hear your perspective on is not so much the interaction that I have with my kids, because I feel like we're learning and growing together every day, but... My my uh, husband and I, growing up in Christian households, have parents that look at us in a way that and, and expect us to behave in a way and teach our children in the same way that they have taught us, and we're not the same people. And so with our family and with other folks, it's just the most challenging part of are you talking about in the sense of what, like certain traditions or just um, uh, parent- parenting styles? Overall, you know, like when I was pregnant with my second child, my mom asked me, you know, do you really believe? And, you know, they sort of think like if I don't express it in the same way, then it must not be correct. Or, you know what I mean? Like I might not be passing it on. And, and my father-in-law said, you know, we're really the godparents for children. Um as if we can't do it ourselves. <laughs> or, I mean, of course, everybody, it takes the village for sure, but, you know, these things that are passed on, I think it's important to realize that as much as we have the common um, faith and common denominators, we're all on our own journey and path, and we sort of have to respect how we're doing this, you know, and being really careful that our children will come up in their time, but we do have to leave them, and we can't let go, and we have to guide them, you know, at least until they're 18, but I'm sure it goes on and on and on, you know, that's the... Oh yeah, ask, ask any parent with kids in their 40s and 50s and they'll and they'll tell you that's so. All right, uh, let's uh, let's turn to Dr. McFarland for a response. Um, Alex, this of course is a predicament oftentimes uh, parents may have a certain parenting style or a manner in which they feel the spiritual legacy should be uh, passed on and all of a sudden they see their own kids with kids of their own, and maybe they're not insisting that they be involved in uh, Royal Rangers or whatever the case might be. Talk a bit about that, if you would. Well, you you know, um, salvation is the same for all people in that we put our faith in the Lord Jesus. But Christian growth is kind of different for for all people. You know, what um, is a catalyst in the Christian growth of one person, um, God might use something different to spiritually mature another person. And so I want to say a big word of encouragement to the caller and to all moms and dads that, um, you know, uh, there, there will be no shortage of people to give advice or even to be sometimes critical, but don't let that discourage you and don't let that uh, make you second-guess yourself just by virtue of being mom and dad, uh, just genetically, you've got home court advantage. Uh, and nobody can 
nobody can influence the spiritual direction of a child like the parent. Um, it, you know, it's very poignant in um, uh, Deuteronomy 6 and Exodus 13, where the Word of God um, says, you know, when it comes to pass that your son will ask you, why do we do these things? Then you will say, when Pharaoh would not let us go, God with a strong hand brought us out. And, and it's kind of the implication is that your children will look to mom and dad and say, hey, I, I want what you've got. So I would say um, be in the Word, be in prayer. Uh, you make sure that you're walking with Jesus, and then let the Holy Spirit do the driving. And over time and through circumstances and just consistent, authentic Christian living, uh, God will, God will um, steer you in the way that you can best be the Christian parent that your children need. Is it a difference, Alex, between sort of um, forcing our children into the Christian mold versus modeling our own faith? Uh, you know, the do I, as I do versus do as I don't, uh, you know, the don't do as I do, do as I say kind of scenario. Uh, it's very much modeling, I think, that, that is the, the winning uh, approach. My friend Josh McDowell uh, who I'll be with him Thursday and Friday in Texas, actually. But Josh says, you know, rules without relationship breeds rebellion. Mm-hmm. And and just a list of do's and don'ts. Uh, while it's important to have standards, but just a list of, of do's and don'ts uh, won't cut it. I, I think legalism has created more skeptics and atheists than all the uh, naturalistic philosophy. Well, and I think we all know cases. I certainly can cite them from uh, my uh, my sphere of, uh, of acquaintances where parents on some occasion would insist that the child go to Sunday school and things of this sort. They themselves, however, not fully to participate. And then when the child is, uh, you know, of age, 18, moves out of the house and suddenly, you know, um, uh, dumps church and never wants to go back, wonders, well, what happened? You know, it's got to be, like you say, modeled so that the old saying, more is caught than taught. Now, there does need to be some good intellectual content. Uh, there needs to be substantive answers to the questions, and that's what we do in the book. We try to give good answers, uh, age-appropriate answers, because in, in the 111 children I interviewed, we, we would notice that the questions of a 5-, 6-, 7-year-old uh, were different than the questions of a 10, 11-year-old, a 12-year-old, a pre, pre-adolescent. So it's a combination of both. But even, um, let, me, let me say mom and dad, you don't, don't feel like, um, gee, I, I'd better be a, a theologian, um, you know, to be able to speak into the lives of my children. Oftentimes, just the, the, the visual that mom and dad love Jesus, that they're walking with the Lord, and uh, there is there is a good answer to all the questions, even if if I don't know what it is. Um, the, there's there's just a trust that seems to be bred in the heart of a child when they see mom and dad consistently, authentically living out their faith. And then there'll come time when you can have the the conversations, like we talked about, the spiritual coming of age conversations. But um, you know, I would say, Mom and Dad, one of the most potent apologetics that you can set forth before the watching eyes of your kids is your own authentic, committed walk with Jesus Christ every single day. This is sort of the uh, the Pauline, follow me as I follow Christ approach? Absolutely. 
Dr. Alex McFarland with us tonight. He, Director of Christian Worldview and Apologetics at North Greenville University in Greenville, South Carolina. He is also the host of Explore the Word radio program, nationally syndicated. Um, he has traveled and spoken to over a thousand churches during his apologetics career and um, written a number of best-selling books. No doubt this one destined to be the next bestseller. 21 toughest questions your kids will ask about Christianity. We'll come back to more of our conversation as Lifeline continues. And now back to Lifeline with Craig Roberts. Best-selling author Dr. Alex McFarland, his new book, 21 Toughest Questions Your Kids Will Ask About Christianity. By the way, the book available through the usual suspects, meaning uh, Bay Area bookstores. I guess think there's one or two of those that still exist. Amazon.com and also through uh, Dr. McFarland's website, 21toughestquestions.com. And that's spelt out. I mean, uh, uh, enumerated. 2121toughestquestions.com. Do some parents in your experience, Dr. McFarland, feel threatened when their kids start to approach them, particularly as a child gets to be of age, you know, uh, early teens, things of that sort. And here you've been dutiful in terms of taking the kids to school, to Sunday school and church, and you really thought you've done everything right, and you feel firm that your child has a strong uh, faith experience, and then they come start asking these very fundamental questions. Do parents sometimes get defensive on that? Uh, yeah, they do, and and let me say this: uh, I'm not, you know, bashing mom and dad or being critical. But not only do moms and dads sometimes get defensive, but sometimes they just make excuses. And you know, in doing all these interviews, um, periodically I would hear moms and dads say, you know, oh my goodness, you know, I'm not a theologian. I, you know, I've never been to seminary. I'm I'm just a mom and a dad. And you know, let me say this. To shape the spiritual lives of your kids, you don't have to be a theologian. But before God and uh, in the sight of, of the Lord and the Church, um, in the home, uh, parents are called to be the spiritual drivers of the family, really. And so uh, I, I challenge moms and dads in the book, you know, avoid the deer in the headlights look. You know, when, you're, when your children ask things like, you know, did the baby Jesus wear diapers? Or if God made everything, who made God? Uh, and how does God hear the prayers of all the people in the world at once? You know, things like that. One little boy asked the question, uh, you know, my pastor says Jesus and Satan are fighting. What are they fighting with, lasers? <laughs> you, you know, um, you know use, use these, these wonderful opportunities to show that uh, the, the questions have answers. Um, but let me say this. Oftentimes, I think in, in recent decades of Christianity, there's the assumption that uh, I pray the sinner's prayer, Lord, come into my life and save me. Amen. And that's it. And I wait around five more decades, and someday I'll die. Um, and just getting saved is the end of the equation. Um, there's also the... Um, Kind of the the assumption, you know, if I if my child goes to youth group or Sunday school, check that box off, uh, the duty is done, and that's the end of my job. And it, it's it's so much more than that. And what a what a wonderful opportunity it is. But you know, Second uh, Peter one sixteen says we have not followed cleverly devised fables. 
um, the gospel is not faith alone. It is faith, but it's a faith validated by compelling lines of evidence. So it, it's not just that we're going to resolve to believe a myth in spite of the evidence. No, we, we can defend our faith because of the great evidence. And so mom and dad uh, embrace this wonderful calling, this wonderful opportunity, because in you know prepping to build spiritual champions out of your children, uh, you yourself will probably grow and mature, and your love of Jesus uh, and your confidence in him will, will, will grow as well. In that sense, then, is it better? When a child presents a theological question that we may not feel fully comfortable in asking, especially if they, you know, come into something that's that's fairly deep and we feel like we're just ill-equipped, is it better to say, I don't know, than to lie or to, uh, you know, try and make something up? Oh, yeah. I mean, don't snow job a child. They'll see it from a mile away. And, and certainly don't uh, just make up a lie because they'll be on the internet and they'll they'll find out the truth you know um, know this that, that we live in a time of so much information that if you don't uh, proactively give the answers and chart the course uh, your kids will find a spiritual roadmap somewhere and it might not be the right one and so um, it's perfectly fine in fact it's really healthy sometimes when the parent says Hey, that's a that's a great question. You know, uh, give me a couple of days, and together let's let's work through this together. But um, you know, there is mystery. Even uh, the deepest Christian. I mean, think of you know, think of somebody like a Billy Graham or or uh, David Jeremiah or the great Christian leaders that we look up to. Uh, there's still things that they are learning, and there's still mystery. Um, there's so much we do know. And then there are things that uh, this side of heaven will never know. And so uh, let, let your sons and daughters know that uh, Christianity is, is concrete, but it's abstract. I mean, we know Jesus died and rose again. Uh, there's an empty tomb. He literally was nailed to a cross to pay for our sins. So there, there's much about the faith that is concrete and uh, and provable and documentable, but then there then there are things like um, you know when will Jesus come back? We we just don't know. Um, why does a good, godly, faithful Christian family suffer the loss of a loved one? Um, why can a faithful Christian get laid off of their job? Uh, you know we don't know all the answers, but we know God is faithful. You know C.S. Lewis, Craig C.S. Lewis said. Um, regarding the death of his own wife. And here's a guy that had given much of his adult life to defending the faith, and he lost his wife. His wife passed away. And Lewis uh, wrote, uh, God, I know now why you utter no answer. You yourself are the answer. Before your face, questions flee away. And so it's okay for a mom and dad to say, you know what, son, I don't really know, but I'll try to find out. But there, there are hard, concrete facts, and then there are 
there, there are areas of mystery where we have to trust God. And then, too, aren't we, don't we need to be sensitive in terms of the degree of maturity of the child, both from a spiritual standpoint and an age standpoint? I mean, that, that whole milk-to-meat thing. I mean, I have seen some parents who, for example, are big fans in the study of eschatology and uh, dispensationalism. They've got down pat. Uh, explaining to a child uh, sin, death, judgment, damnation, sin, salvation, sanctification. The child knows nothing of that, but mom or dad drags the kids off to every single conference on eschatology they can get their hands on. That, that's true. That's true. And you know what? Uh, steak is a wonderful thing, but if you cram it down the throat of an infant, uh, it probably will choke. Mm-hmm. Um and, and, you know, I, I've got to say this, um, from preaching in 1,400 churches and being president of a seminary, uh, I love the body of Christ, and I love believers of all strata, but um, there are believers that um, are, you know, straight as an arrow theologically, but as, as empty as, as, as a bank vault uh, as far as their heart and their joy and like so much of, of the Christian life, um, there, there's got to be a balance. There's, there's um, learning and knowledge and content and data. But then there's, there's trust and waiting on God. And, uh, you know, we don't want to make the Bible say less than what it says, but we don't want to make the Bible say more than what it says. Um, and that, that balance of having standards but not being legalistic, um, knowing that we're free in Christ, but that doesn't mean that we're free to go and, and sin uh, with no restraint. And so, um, you know, I was uh, in Colorado, Craig, speaking at a men's retreat and doing some of this content while the book was in process about a year and a half ago, because I spent over two years on this one book. And, uh, you know, I was talking about being a godly man and a husband and a father, and uh, uh, during the break, a man came up and he said, you know, Alex, I hear you, this is great, you know, but I mean, the kind of disciple you're talking about to love Jesus and love the family and First Peter, you know, lay down your life for your spouse, and, you know, the kind of Christian you're talking about, I mean, that would be like, like every day, 24-7. And I'm like, uh, yeah, yeah <laughs> I think that's what God calls us to, to uh, give him 100%. And so uh, more than ever in this culture, in this milieu, uh, that's what we Christians are called to do, to give Jesus our all. And it will bear fruit in the lives of the next generation, our kids uh, who follow after us. And certainly in the process of giving all to Christ and training up a child in the way that he should go. Uh, wonderful insights inside the pages of this new book. 21 Toughest Questions Your Kids Will Ask About Christianity. And not only can be a great primer for mom and dad uh, when the questions arise, but also take you deeper, foundationally speaking, into your own faith. The book, again, is available at um, 21toughestquestions.com. That's the number 21toughestquestions.com or, of course, amazon.com. And as always, our thanks and appreciation for his time in the insights. Dr. Alex McFarland, Christian Worldview and Apologetics Director at North Greenville University in Greenville, South Carolina. 
And now back to Lifeline with Craig Roberts. The Small Business Expo coming to the San Mateo Event Center Thursday, August the 17th from 9 a.m. until 5 p.m. It is billed as the Bay Area's biggest business networking event of the year. More than 20 business-critical workshops, exhibitors, mixers, networking. Registration, of course, is free, and we'll tell you where and how in just a moment. The keynote speaker this year... America's small business expert, Bill Walsh. Bill is CEO and founder of Power Team International, a business coaching and venture capital firm. And Bill, great to have you join us on the program. Hey, glad to be here. And thanks for uh, taking the time out to uh, showcase this amazing event for small business owners. Now, I got to tell you, Bill, as we all know, the landscape of small business startup and success has changed pretty dramatically over the last several years. Everything from funding and financing to market regulation to marketing. And, of course, we all know that 50% of first-year startups and 95% of small businesses fail within five years, really leading to this notion that it is becoming a very difficult environment to find success in small business. Well, I think a big part of that is, um, you know, many times they start these businesses, and certainly everyone has those big dreams, big goals, but many times no action plan, very little funding. Um, They're relying on friends, family, and fools for, you know, some advice on how to do this stuff. And, you know, by the time they're done, um, you know, they're burnt out. We have found the number one killer for small business is really self-doubt. You know, Henry Ford said a long time ago, whether you believe you can or you can't, you're right. And, uh, and sure enough, you know, after they go out there and try it, and, and really when you start to think about it in the world, in the marketplace in the USA today, there's, there's not a lot of great support for small business. You know, even though it's the bread and butter of our country and certainly makes uh, – does most of the employing of new people, there's not a lot of great support that's out there. So, you know, our movement through Power Team is the main sponsor for these expos and certainly giving these keynotes is to, you know, give them some of the nuts and bolts that, you know, you have to acquire customers, you have to retain customers. And it might take a couple of years to build a real business. It doesn't happen overnight. And that's the reality that small business needs to hear. So I guess then the challenge really for a lot of these small businesses, as you suggest, Bill, is more a lack of information or a lack of knowledge. At the end of the day, they might not understand how to design and manufacture a widget, but if they don't know how to get it to market, if they don't know how to advertise it, the company's going to fail, fail. Or maybe they've got all the right formulas in place in terms of marketing, but there are internal issues in terms of dealing with growth and personnel and all of that. So at the end of the day, then, it sounds like what you're suggesting is, one of the biggest contributors to the failure of small business in America today is simply lack of information. Well, it's not just a lack of information. There's plenty of information out there, but it's also execution. And the execution, like you talked about, is that, you know, they got to get away from this notion that because you're an entrepreneur, because you're a small business owner, that you're going to get rich quick, right? We just know after, you know, 20 years of helping small businesses that there is no get rich quick, right? But you actually have to work at it. And you're right, the one thing you said there was that a big bulk of this is their marketing. You know, we have found that you probably have seen this on TV. You've seen really great products that nobody buys, right? And you've seen, you know, really bad products that everyone buys. And, of course, you know, what's the difference? It's marketing. So, you know, unless they learn to get out there on their own and really become the face of the marketing, when you don't have these big budgets or big corporate budgets to do this stuff, you know, you're kind of a renegade, right? You're out there by yourself trying to make this stuff happen. And that's where a lot of them quit because they don't get the sales right away. They don't see the income right away. So they might have one of the coolest ideas or great ideas, but without the follow-through in the marketing, they're done. 
At the end of the day, one of the key aspects that you bring to the Small Business Expo, and again, for folks that have just tuned in, we're visiting today with Bill Walsh. Bill is the CEO and founder of Power Team International, a business coaching and venture capital firm. Bill will be the keynote speaker at this year's Small Business Expo, taking place at the San Mateo Event Center. That'll be Thursday, August the 17th from 9 until 5, and you can get complete details and register for free online at the smallbusinessexpo.com. That's the smallbusinessexpo.com. Bill, as you speak to the gathering, and there are going to be folks from all kinds of backgrounds and business levels and areas of, of expertise at this event, uh, tell Absolutely. us a bit about what you're going to focus on. So my focus is really on the seven keys to build that seven-figure business, right? So some of the things that we talk about, number one, is that, you know, it all starts with your mindset, right? It certainly starts with you making the decision that you're going to commit to that business, you know, but I'll also talk about, you know, core areas around leadership. Um, you got to have a clear vision, mission, path, and purpose systems. You know, so iPhone apps, websites, CRMs, marketing, sales funnels, loyalty programs, all these little things that, you know, believe it or not, it used to cost small business a fortune for this stuff just 10 years ago. And today, they get most of these tools for next to nothing. You know, and, and that's really the edge that small business has if they're really informed and can execute these things. They have so many tools at their disposal that were never available before. And the last one that I really push home is accountability, right? You have to own your days, your weeks, your months. You really have to track those, you know, new customers, new leads, retain customers, and, and then, of course, put that all into a real business. So, you know, there's a lot to cover in that. You know, I'll give a keynote for an hour and a half, but I'll give you, you know, so many free resources and nuggets they can use that, you know, if they just go out of there and, and do 10% of the stuff I share with them, it's going to have a massive impact on the business. Give us some understanding as to the kind of person for whom this event is really tailored. So we have found that it's probably 60% small business owners, you know, maybe one to five, one to 10 employees that are there. Uh, you'll find about 20% are going to come from some type of direct sales. They're an agent for a realty. They're an agent for a different company. You know, they're, you know, doing something along those lines. And, uh, and we find that 10% are going to be Soho small office home office. Another 10% is going to be usually an executive in transition, right? They're looking for what's the next thing going to be. You know, they, maybe they've been downsized, and you know, but that doesn't mean they're done. You know, I mean, they've got lots of talents, and they're trying to figure out what's kind of the next step uh, for my career. And, and we have found that, um, and there's also tons of chambers that are there. You know, there's lots of networking all day long going on. There's networking sessions. There's workshops over, you know, 20-plus you know, mission critical, but I would say really hands-on workshops on all different topics from social media, you know, to understand how to make your web page show up on page one of Google to, you know, new ways to make money, whether it's in Forex or whether it's in, you know, training yourself to be disciplined. So there's personal development courses that are there. You know, and the nice part about it, they can really look up online, they can take the workshops they'd like to attend, and then it's just, you know, mark the ones in your calendar and be there all day. You know, so I tell everyone that comes, dress for success, bring a lot of business cards, right? And be willing to, you know, reach your hand out and say hello to someone new. Don't wait for people to come up to you. Go out of your way and meet some new people. And, and it's not just, here's my name, here's my business card. It's learning what they do. You know, just learn about what they're doing and see how you can serve them. You know, as I started my career, I did it all wrong. But once I learned the process of how to connect with the, the wildly successful, it was a game changer. But it was really all about add value first, ask for nothing in return. And that opened up so many doors for us. And I think, you know, if you're coming to this event, don't just come there and walk around and pass out business cards. Actually, go have good conversations with people you know you'd love to connect with. 
Well, and that part about, a part about networking is so critical. You referred to a quote earlier from Henry Ford, one of his other famous principles in the development of the Ford Motor Corporation at the beginning days, and he's famously quoted as saying, I don't have all the answers, but I surround myself with people that do. And so networking to get people that understand key components of how to use social media to promote your business and the Internet and marketing and distribution and all of these aspects, uh, learning who has all of the answers who to work with, who to partner with in order to make your business more successful is really one of the key aspects of what's offered at an event like the Small Business Expo, a real chance to rub elbows with with other people in business. And a lot of folks at the end of the day, not only can you potentially help, but can also greatly potentially help you. Yeah, that's always the fun part about this, that we always give away a lot of free gifts, even for your listeners today. You know, we have a free report on my lectures at Harvard. If they just text the letters SFO, like your airport, SFO to 26786, uh, SFO to 26786, we'll give them all kinds of free stuff before they come to the event. We'll give them on-site information you know, which workshops are happening at the same time. But it really has become that the future of technology, and you're saying it right there, is stay connected. You know, get connected to the right people and spend more time with the right people. And, and there's no doubt it's going to elevate your game. But I do know this, if you stay home and do nothing, you'll get nothing. Yeah, absolutely right. And and that, of course, is uh, the key here is to help people get motivated to understand that it takes a lot of knowledge and understanding to take that idea, that invention, uh, that principle, that particular small business that you're looking at uh, to the next level. And, of course, a big aspect of what Bill Walsh will be speaking on is exactly that, a look at the seven keys to build a seven-figure business. It's all a part of his National Inspiration 2020 tour tied in with the Small Business Expo. And, again, the event taking place at the San Mateo Event Center. That's Thursday, August the 17th, 9 a.m. to 5 p.m. Registration is absolutely free. Simply go to thesmallbusinessexpo.com. That's thesmallbusinessexpo.com. And to kind of prime your pump and get ready for the event, as Bill mentioned, um, they're going to offer to you some great insights and uh, some resources that are not available anywhere else if you simply text the letters SFO, think of San Francisco, Oakland, SFO to 26786. Again, text SFO to 26786, and they'll get a lot of great resources into your hands, no cost whatsoever. Bill, we certainly appreciate you taking time out of your busy schedule to be with us today, and it sounds like it's going to be a really exciting event. It is. We're really excited, and thanks for all that you do, and uh, a big hats off to the team in New York that put a lot of this together, but also all the great vendors that are going to be there, too, that support this. You know, without everyone's help, uh, it would never happen. It's certainly going to be a great event, and we love San Francisco. We love San Mateo. We love anywhere that up in the air, especially, you know, from Chicago. I'm glad that uh, we get a chance to come out and spend some time here today. Great. great. Great to have you coming out here to the San Francisco Bay Area Small Business Expo. Again, it'll be taking place at the San Mateo Event Center Thursday, August the 17th, 9 a.m. to 5 p.m. Details and registration on the web at thesmallbusinessexpo.com. That's thesmallbusinessexpo.com. Well, that's going to do it for this edition of Lifeline. Thanks so much for being with us. And if there was anything you heard on today's show that you'd like to hear again or share with a friend, grab a copy of the Lifeline podcast. Simply log on to kfax.com. That's kfax.com for the Lifeline podcast. Our producer is Wanda Sanchez. I'm Craig Roberts. Till next time around, remember, just don't keep the faith. Get out there and share it and make it a great evening. So long. 
Opinions expressed in the preceding program do not necessarily represent the views of the ownership, staff, or management of KFAX. Copyright Salem Communications, all rights reserved. Three-star general, Michael J. Flynn, head of the Pentagon Intelligence Agency, knew all the government's dirty secrets. He was one of the most respected generals in the military. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He understood its funding. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. The explosive new documentary, Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost, and covers the facts behind this scandal. Flynn told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. I find out the worst enemy that I'm going to face in my life is right here in America. They took my assessment and they wanted me to change it. I was like, I'm not changing it. They had to get rid of Flynn. With in-depth interviews, archival footage, and never-before-seen personal records of the man behind the headlines. I just felt like I was drowning. Flynn. Deliver the truth, whatever the cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to salemnow.com. salemnow.com.